Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Well, that was something. Uh, welcome, everyone, to Game Over Calgary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for making us a part of your early Saturday afternoon uh, as the Flames fall to the Philadelphia Flyers by a final score of 3-2. to two. We will talk about just how poorly the Calgary Flames played in that game. Maybe a couple of bright spots, but um, mainly a lot of frustration coming out of a, a Flames loss at the hands of the Philadelphia Flyers. Before we get going, uh, like this video. I see uh, at least four of you already have. Um, so thank you for that. Subscribe to the channel. We are ever so close to 100,000 subscribers, and that would let us do a whole lot of awesome stuff. Uh, so please do that. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find me on social media at PrimetimeKlein. And I don't have any other stuff to do. Let's just jump right into this. A not great outing for the Calgary Flames. Um, and as Conrad mentioned here in the chat, not a well-officiated game either. Uh, not the reason the Flames lost. I, I suppose indirectly, because the, the first part of this is just how dreadful the Flames special teams were in this hockey game. Um, Calgary, that was the worst the penalty kill has looked by far in a <clears throat> very long time. Um, it's been like that, that has been a strength of this Flames team, and that was not the case in this game. That penalty kill looked atrocious, basically from the word go. And then the referees just kind of gave Calgary a bunch of penalties. Now, some of them were deserved. Um, I think there, there's a lot of discussion about the, the Zari one. That is interference, right? Like it, it sucks that a goal gets taken away on that, but, and it's absolutely 100% a bit of a dive. Um, but that was, um, that, that, that was still interference. He, he hit the guy away from the puck. Like that, that was interference. But overall, the, the referees seemed to have lost control of this game and then tried to game manage it. And it was not, um, it was not well managed. So just a, a very poorly officiated game. But then special teams, like I said, were dreadful. The Flyers with one of the worst power plays in the history of the National Hockey League coming into this game just absolutely ate the Flames lunch at 5-on-4 for Philadelphia. They dominated Calgary in almost every power play they had. And they do finally get a power play goal. Um, but this was not a power play that even when they got stopped, uh, it, it wasn't for lack of trying. This was a dangerous power play. It did not look like 
a one of the worst power plays in the history of the league. It, it, it looked really good, and it gave Philadelphia a lot of momentum. And with Calgary's steady parade to the penalty box in the second period, it allowed Philadelphia to really pick up that momentum. And it, something we kind of talked about in that Minnesota game, one thing I didn't like about this from a Flames standpoint is they couldn't get it back. And they were better at that at the beginning of the year, where one team would get rolling and Calgary would get something to get the ball stopped and basically going back in their direction. That was not the case in this game. They struggled to kind of stop Philadelphia at every turn. And it was basically all Philadelphia, a lot of this game. And then Calgary gets a power play opportunity and you're thinking, okay, well, uh, special teams, you know, it has not been kind to the Flames, but maybe this power play can get rolling. And instead, Kadri gets kind of hung up a little bit. Zari a bit too deep as everyone's trying to make the the entry at the same time. And Konechny gets behind him. And wouldn't you know it, Konechny scores. And the Philadelphia Flyers take a lead that they would not relinquish. And that was... That was a really difficult one to take and a bit of a, a body blow for the Flames as it was like, man, to win this game, we're going to have to score two more tonight when we only got 18 shots through two periods of play. But special teams, I, I think, was something that really did the Flames in. And normally, normally when we're talking about that, we're talking about a bad power play. And the power play was bad. Let's make no mistake about that. But normally it's, well, at least the penalty kill was whatever. Penalty kill was bad tonight. Penalty kill was really bad tonight. But um, let's not just put the blame on the penalty kill. Everything was bad tonight, with the exception of the goalie and a couple of players, and we'll get to them in a little bit. This was just a bad performance from the Flames. Like, right from the jump, Philadelphia came in and just got, like, two grade-A chances in the first, like, 30 seconds of this game and really put the pressure on Calgary. And it, it seemed like the Flames were having to, again, forced fighting metaphor, it seemed like the Flames were trying to counterpunch the entire game. And, like, Philadelphia was really in control in a lot of this, but Calgary just looked dreadful and they looked behind um they, they were getting they were getting some scoring opportunities like they had a bunch of shots early on but it still never felt like they really had this game under control and I do think part of that is the stop start all over the place nature of this game with all the penalties that were called and and everything like that but I do also think a big part of why Calgary struggled in this game was the Philadelphia Flyers took them out of their game that was not Calgary Flames hockey, you know? And I think there's a lot of people who would like it to be. I think a lot of people would like the, the Flames to be, uh, we're going to punch you in the face, and then we're going to, like, Dan Campbell, we're going to bite your kneecaps and, and crazy old-time hockey stuff. I, I tweeted out the, uh, the the Slapshot gif a little bit earlier, and yes, it's gif. Um, I, I tweeted that out a little bit earlier, and it, it kind of felt like that. Like, not, obviously not Flyers, Flames from, like, the 80s, where there's 300 penalty minutes and stuff like that, but... This was, this was not the style of play that the Flames wanted to play. Um, nor is it a style of play that, quite frankly, they're good at. That this was a game that the Philadelphia Flyers controlled entirely. They dictated the pace that this game was played at. On the power play, they dictated how things went, and they put on a lot of pressure to like force the flames into their style of game. And I don't know if that's necessarily 100% always uh, Philadelphia Flyer hockey now. Um, it's certainly what we would associate Philadelphia Flyer hockey with being, but I don't know if it's necessarily like that, how that team plays 100% of the time now, but they are a whole lot more comfortable with playing it than Calgary is. And that 
that showed in this game. And so I thought Philadelphia did a wonderful job of dragging Calgary into a game that they were not necessarily expertly ready to play. And Calgary, and I think this was one of those ones, it's kind of like the playoffs from a few, uh, a couple of years ago where they had trouble with the stars because Calgary was so focused on kind of just being assholes. And <laughs> instead, um, the other team was out there playing hockey and Calgary seemed more focused on the officials and more focused on being the, the more physical team and some of the stuff after the whistle than they were in creating some of their opportunities. And I think just their game just got lost. So a gigantic credit to the Philadelphia Flyers for literally and figuratively taking the fight to the Calgary Flames in this game and really putting Calgary in a spot that they're, they're not used to being in. Like, th this game was fun. Like, I, quite honestly, I enjoyed this game. Uh, wild games like this on a Saturday afternoon, I had a blast watching it. But, A... I don't know if we need uh, something after every whistle on every play for all 82. That would probably get a little bit tiresome after a while, but it was a nice, it was nice to, to mix things up a little bit, but, um, I, I, I still like it every now and then it's nice to get some of the rough stuff going and it's nice to get a, a bit of a wild game in there. So, um, it's just not how this team plays. It's not how they are built to play at all. And... Philadelphia knew it and took full advantage. That was a quality old-time effort from the Philadelphia Flyers. A shout-out, as many people have given already, to, to Jay Money in the chat, um, a, a regular last year and certainly a uh, absolute fantastic follow on social media uh, and now gracing us with his presence again here in the chat. So, uh, Jay Money and others, make sure you like this video and subscribe to the channel as we talk Calgary Flames here. A lot of great stuff on, on SDPN. Uh, just wrapped up all the, the World Junior coverage. That was so much fun to be a part of, uh, and Andrew and company killed it in the gold medal game, hoping to do more stuff like that going forward, but game overs for all Canadian NHL teams with some of the smartest hockey talk that you will find, plus all the great stuff, uh, other stuff that SDPN has to offer, including, you know, the SDP and all of that, so uh, make sure you subscribe, we are getting so close to 100,000 subscribers, that would be super awesome to get to. Um, the we took it all, we brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Problem that. I have one of the problems with how the Flames played is that this wasted another excellent Jacob Markstrom performance. He was so good between the pipes in this game. And if if this was a Vladar game, then you had I, I think they probably lose like like five or six to two. Markstrom had so many games or so many saves in this game that kept Calgary in it. And especially, like I said, early on, it felt like the Flyers just were a step ahead of Calgary the entire time. And then in the second period, felt like they were two or three steps ahead the entire time because it was just, it was point blank chance after point blank chance after point blank chance. And I just, I thought once again, Markstrom was great. And the numbers, I mean, his numbers are going to show it tonight because it's, I think he got 40 saves. Uh, if not, it's 39. But he... He has so outperformed his numbers this year, and I don't know if he's going to, to get an all-star nod, um, 
but or if he even wants it, dude's gonna play a lot over the next little while. So getting him a break probably isn't the worst thing. But he he deserves at least a bit of recognition for how much he has turned things around from last season to this year, and, and he was awesome. But he didn't get a whole lot of help defensively. I thought Calgary really struggled in this game, and I, I think no example of it was better. Now they were shorthanded, but that hasn't really been an issue before. Um, the the shot. No, I don't even. They weren't even shorthanded. No, th- this was five on five. Um, the the play where Huberto blocks the shot, it comes back to Walker. He puts it on goal, and this is something that has really frustrated me a lot this season. Frost was like left all alone at the side of the goal. Had one crack at it, stopped two crack at it. It's in the back of the net, and that was. That, that is something that this Flames team, I think, has struggled with all season long. They have had a real difficult time with defending net front presences and leaving guys just all alone with your goalie with as kind of the last man back. That was something that this team, I think, really needs to tidy up. Um, you don't want to just constantly be screening your goalie or anything like that, but to leave your goalie just hung out to dry on an opportunity like that is really frustrating. And it it kind of happened again. It was more just a, a fluky whatever on the, the Couturier goal where he, like, you're not going to defend a guy below the red line, and he's just able to bank it in. But he was, again, the last man back down there, allowing him to get that puck and, and put it in the net. Um, so it, it's... It's one thing to front, and it's an, uh, one thing to, to not want to screen your goalie, but you do have to take care of someone when they are down low, point blank, right in front of your goalie. And Calgary has really struggled with um, has really struggled with that at different times this season, and tonight was certainly one of those games. Um, <laughs> the chat's having a good time with a few different things tonight. Um, but... I do think there were a couple of positives from this game. Like I said, Markstrom looked pretty strong. Also, this is another good Jonathan Huber- Huberto game. And I made the joke that he made a sick pass to the top corner on that. You could see he kind of looked back. He looked like he was trying to find someone to maybe drop it to, but he's in on a breakaway. That was a world-class level finish. And it, again, leads you to the, why don't you do this more? But I, I do think this is probably going to be the last time that Huberto playing well is noteworthy. And that is a, a big boost for for this Flames team because this was, I thought, another strong performance from from Jonathan Huberto and Manjapani as well. The, the two guys who we had a lot of the focus on over the, the past month or so, those are two guys who have really stepped up and Huberto seems to have finally found a, a line that he is comfortable with. And I, I like this setup, how, how things are going. And I, I think it's only going to get better when Pelche is back. I, I would imagine that's soon-ish, hopefully. But no, I, I think like we are now, I think this, for me anyway, puts to rest any more Huberto conversation for a while. Uh, now, if he's absolutely dog shirt in the next couple of games, then we, we can get back to it. But now I, I think we are at a point where him playing well isn't really noteworthy anymore. It's just how things have been going because he has been really good and one of the Flames' best players the last couple of games. And I I did not see that coming, even with one last uh, line blendery situation here. He was... He, he was someone who you just kind of like, well, maybe it's not going to happen and just kind of deal with it for the next eight years or seven years or whatever it is on this contract. But they, they found something with him now. And I, 
I think that's great. Um, also someone who I've been a touch hard on the, the last couple of games who, who stepped up today. Um, and this felt like the type of game that he would feel good in, but it's Martin Pospisil. Uh, he was really good for the Flames, I thought, in this game. He had a, a real nice chip off the wall to set up the, the Hubero chance, and then a perfect pass to Nazem Kadri that get hit, got him in all alone on Carter Hart that almost set up a, a big goal for Calgary. Hart ends up making a save. He was pretty good in this game as well. Um, didn't fight Markstrom, which was disappointing for me. I, I tweeted out, I thought this was the perfect game for... Uh, a goalie fight to break out, but uh, alas, we, we did not get that. But I, I, I thought Pospisil like th this kind of down in the dirt, nasty, violent, uh, grinded out sort of a game really does seem to fit him and fit his style quite well. And I, I think that that is something that the Flames can take a, a lot of solace in going forward. Is these games that get a, a little bit wonky and there's a, a bit of a, a, an edge to them, he is going to come out and play really aggressively and almost feel right at home. And like I said, this Flames team doesn't have a lot of dudes who looked, like they, they all looked comfortable punching the other guys in the head, but they didn't look overly comfortable playing in this type of a game. It really did get away from them. But Pospisil was someone who had both hands on the steering wheel in this. And, and that's... It's nice to see from a kid, but you think about his playing style and uh, how he kind of gets down. It makes sense. It makes a little bit of sense that, that he's going to feel right at home here. But I, I thought I thought like he looked all right. I thought the, the Zari line looked okay. Um, overall, like they just kind of got outclassed by the, the Philadelphia Flyers. And that's, with all due respect, like we talked about the Flyers on, on New Year's Eve. Well, at least some did. I don't know how many of y'all were on a New Year's Eve stream, but... The the Flyers, like, I, I, I enjoy when the Flyers are good. They have a bunch of pieces that I really like. Um, I talked about it on the last one. They were a team that, when there was all the talk of, oh, well, Johnny wants to, to go closer to home. It's like, great. Trade them for, like, a bunch of pieces on that Flyers team and let's just, just roll with it that way. Because I, I love watching Konechny play. Couturier as well. Um, Tippett has turned into a real dynamic offensive threat. Um, and they finally have the goalie figured out. It seems like Hart has got it figured out uh, once again. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with him down the road. But for right now, it, it seems like he has got this thing kind of on lockdown. And so, yeah, like th this is a good Flyers team. But again, it's what we've talked about with the Wild um, and, and a couple of other squads that, that the Flames have played recently. If you want to get to where this team wants to get to, and that is still the postseason this is kind of a team you should beat and certainly not a team that you should get your head caved in shot count wise. And that is, it's another example. And look, this was, it's not playoff style hockey because the crowd isn't going crazy and all of that. And that there certainly isn't the stakes, but this was like the, the type of tight checking closely officiated game that you sometimes get in the postseason, and Calgary uh, failed this one with flying colors, if that's a thing that you can actually do. Whatever it is, um, if it's not flying colors, uh, I guess it would... Failed it with falling colors, I suppose, because they, they just seemed out of their depth in this game, and credit to Philadelphia for dragging that out of them. Another thing from this one, but before we get to your guys' questions in the presser, I'm curious as to why no Kuznetsov in this game. They called him up from the Wranglers, looked ready to, to make his NHL debut, um, and then didn't play. Which, I mean, look, the, the Huska's been really good about putting the kids in, 
um, and and getting everyone established there. So th this is not a Daryl Sutter esque why like play the kids, come on. But I, like I thought Osterley kind of had a bad game uh, a couple of games ago, and it wouldn't have shocked me if, if he came out of the lineup. Dissimo's been fine, um, but I, I would have liked to see what the kid had. Now maybe you knew how sideways this game was going to go, and you didn't want the kid in there for that, um, and maybe give him a, a bit of a, a softer landing spot against what's left of the Chicago Blackhawks coming up tomorrow afternoon. But I, I would have liked to see Kuznetsov in this one to today. Hopefully he does check into the lineup, but we are very much team play the kids on this show. And that, that is a, a kid that I wish they would have played in this one. Again, Huska has been fine with that. And actually I think he's done a pretty good job coaching in general this year, but that, that was one where ah, would have been nice. Would have been nice. To, to see him check back in. Um, that's probably enough rambling for me and me alone. Uh, it's time for your guys' questions here in the chat. Let me know what you guys want to talk about as we get ready for the presser. While you're chatting, make sure you like this video, go over and hit the subscribe button as it's going to be a full day of game over here on SDPN. Uh, we're getting it started with the early game here, but uh, there, there's a lot to come still today and a lot to come going forward. Like we, we got another one of these coming up tomorrow. Uh, Audie is back from vacation coming up next week. So a lot of great stuff here on game overs. Uh, Conrad mentioning in the chat, back-to-backs probably played into that decision. And yeah, like if you didn't want to play him in back-to-back -back games, it would have been weird to play him in one game and then sit him the next. So maybe you want to like go up, go up in the press box, watch what the game is like, and now get ready for get get ready for your debut tomorrow and just kind of let him settle a little bit. Um, who did they do that with the other day? Oh, well, Dustin Wolf. Diff bit of a different situation because he's the goalie and it was a bit of an emergency call up. But they they let Wolf had a game have a game to just kind of get his sea legs and and look around and see what an NHL team is like and have your your stomach digest NHL catering and stuff like that and then get ready for the big game tomorrow. So it's probably it's not the biggest deal. It's not why they lost. It's just it's more selfish because I wanted to see him play and I was excited to see what he would do. And maybe I already had in my rundown penciled in for how did Kuznetsov play this game. Um and I, I don't like change. So <laughs> uh but no like it as you talk through it it does make a little bit of sense. I just wanted to see him. I want to see all the kids play. And uh, he, he, we didn't get that in this one, but you, you're right. We probably do see it tomorrow. Uh, Jay Money with uh, Travis Konechny is the best player in the world besides Matt Vemichkov. Matt, if they could get that kid over quicker, because I do think um, he is almost exactly what this team's missing right now. Like th there are, like I said, pieces on this Flyers club that I really like a lot, but there's also, I do think a bit of a lack of, game-breaking talent on this team and it's unfair to say oh that's fine rookie come in here and uh and just fix all of our problems but the flames have done that like four times this year and it seems to be going okay so but no he he seems like this is like the exact player that this particular flyers team is missing now we'll see what what mitchkov would have been like with a john tortorella but yeah that that one's you understand why it's happening but that is going to end up being an absolute steal of that draft. And I think there's going to be a couple of teams, cough Montreal cough, that are going to be a little upset at how good Matt Vemichkov is at the National Hockey League. Uh, Normal Five writing in, I'm just waiting for the Flames to lose by one goal to the Blackhawks, like, like they did in the last month of the 2022-2023 season. Yeah, like I... 
I don't know if I can name you five players who are going to be playing on that Blackhawks team tomorrow. I think I saw a tweet, because um, I think Chicago's playing today, that there is more salary cap money on the IR right now for the Blackhawks than there is in their actual starting lineup, that they are banged up. So that that is absolutely one. If they lose tomorrow, just like get on the phone with every team. Be like, All right. Best offers for Lindholm, Tanev, and Hannafin. Let's go. Let's uh, let's just get this over with. Let, let's blow everything up. Um, everyone straight to jail because that's that that is not a game you should be losing, and not a team you should be losing to right now. Uh, press conference question from Conrad: Should NFL officials be made official to uh, made available to the media? We saw it in the NBA and NFL last week. I <clears throat> yes is the the short answer. Um, Oh my God, yes, is the, the long answer. It, it's something that I've I've long thought about. Um, and I don't, well, I, I understand why they don't. It's because the referees don't want to do it. But if you are going to be making big calls in big games, I, I do think you need to be held to, to somewhat of a standard. And it's frustrating because it's probably not going to happen. And then if anyone criticizes them, they get fined for, for criticizing them. But yeah, there should be, it's like any job, right? There should be repercussions for being bad at your job, right? Like if I, um, now this one's subjective, I suppose, but if I really sucked on this show, then hopefully SDPN would just pull me or I would get less shows or whatever, right? That there should be consequences for being bad at your job. And NFL, NHL, NBA referees don't really have it. Uh, NFL, um, referring to that Detroit-Dallas game, and then the, the officials who were doing that game removed from, from the postseason. Um, NBA ones, yeah, like, that. there's a few, I mean, they have to, they have to face it a little bit, but I mean, they don't really have a sterling track record given the whole gambling thing. Uh, so they, there's a bit more of a microscope on them, but <laughs> Jay Money saying it's interesting because the officials called a perfect game today. Um, I, I think they may have been just a, a couple of notches below a, a perfect game here. Uh, Jay Money. I, I think that is probably cons both sides probably would think that, although Philadelphia does come away with the win. It's like the officials union has more power than the players union bizarro world. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is frustrating, and you would like, I think, and sometimes, honestly, I more often than not, I think it would help the officials out. Like, you would still get people pissed off, right? Like, but I think if they said, oh, well, yeah, this is what we saw, it's da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, then, cool, okay, at least we know. At least we know what you're looking at, at least, like, we can kind of figure it out, you know? But it's the guessing game with all these things, right? And sometimes explanations don't work, right? Like, the player safety stuff, but at least with the player safety things and the descriptions they send out after, at least they're doing that. So we have an understanding of, okay, well, at least this, like they don't hold themselves to the same standard, but at least we can try to sometimes guess along. Well, they said this in the last one. And so this is that. So blah, 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 blah. Um, I do feel like sometimes like if we're upset about the, the Zari play, for example, um, because well, no, he hit him early and then yeah, puck went in, but we called a penalty. So there you go. That's what we saw. Or why the, the Coleman one wasn't a penalty. Oh, well, we saw this and the puck was still there and blah, blah, blah. A at least explain it so we know what you're looking at so we know why instead of just, oh, well, they must be corrupt or shitty. Uh, one of the two. L let us let us know what you're thinking. Uh, let, let, let us know. And maybe, I, I think you can only do referees more favors. And it it's not like putting their faces out there will put them in any more danger. Like we can, we see what they look like. So it it's not like they're hiding behind anything. So it just seems... It just seems really, I don't know, almost cowardly, 
um, to, to just not face up for, for anything you did wrong, in my personal opinion. Uh, Takai number one, in the PWHL, if you score a shorthanded goal, the penalty is over. Cool idea. Uh, yeah, I think it's fun. Um, <laughs> look, like, the, the Flames penalty kill will be upset. Like, hey, no, we're, we're better five, uh, four on five than five on five. Let us keep killing this. Let, let us keep going. Let's try to get two. Let, let's drag this out as, as long as possible. Uh, but no, I, I think it's an awesome idea. I, I love that the PWHL is doing that. I love that they have the three-two-one point system for uh, for their standings as well. That's something that now that you can do it on NHL video games, I put on um, every uh, video game because that that is, in my opinion, the way that the the standing system should be laid out. But that was that th that's really cool. And just a quick shout out: the PWHL is absolutely crushing it right now. It is so awesome to see attendance records being broken every day, uh, streaming records being broken every day, and just the amount of support this league has. But now, I'm gonna need you to come out west. Need, need a Calgary team. Need need that to happen. Um, let, now, don't, don't expand beyond your needs. I understand. Uh, but uh, also, do it quickly because I want a team to cheer for, and I... I will not be cheering for a Toronto team or anything like that. Of course not. But um, I, I, right now, it's just I'm just in the mode of oh, I hope everyone has fun. But yeah, we, we need let's get the, let's get the get on a Calgary team because I, I remember the Calgary Inferno and I was lucky enough to do play by play for a couple of games for them and it was uh, so much fun. So uh, let, let's let, let's get that back here so we, we can check out some great hockey here in Calgary because Lord knows the NHL team doesn't provide that all that often. Um, Yes, yes to that, Conrad, yes. Uh, only if they, they rehire Rams. Yeah, 100% on that one. Uh, Circle K Classic also uses 3-2-1. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Like, I, I think a bunch of, like, tournaments and stuff. Now, it makes it easier for tiebreakers and stuff like that, but a bunch of tournaments use it. So let the NHL use that as well. Uh, we're going to do a last call here for uh, anything that you want in the chat. Um, or anything from the, uh, the presser here as, or we can just keep bitching about the referees for a, a little bit more if y'all want that. Uh, just checking a, a quick update on the standings now. Calgary still, uh, now two points back of Seattle for the, the last playoff spot in the West. Uh, Calgary has the same goal differential as the Kraken. The Kraken have nine overtime losses this year. Again, three, two, one setup, kids. It's the way to go. It's the only way to go. Um... Someone used to do the, uh, the, the way that the uh, NHL standings would look if they did 3-2-1. I'd be interested to see how different it would be. But right now, Calgary, two points out of a playoff spot. They do still have to jump over St. Louis, Edmonton, and Arizona if they were to get there. They are all square with St. Louis and Edmonton, although the Blues have played two fewer games, while the Oilers have played four fewer games. Um, so... It's it's something we're going to keep track of. Uh, by the way, they are 18 points up on San Jose, who has really been tank committed in the last little while, uh, falling apart here at the seams. Um, but yeah, as we approach the midway point, the Calgary Flames still hanging around, making for some interesting decisions here for, uh, for Craig Conroy. Apparently there's talk that uh, Noah Hannafin extension is more likely than a trade, and that's something we've talked about here before. Um... I like Noah Hannafin a lot as a player, and I think he can be like a not foundational piece, but I I do think that he can be like a, a really high level defenseman on a team that does win a championship. Like I, I think I think pretty highly of the dude. And so it's something we've talked about before. In a vacuum, it's like, well, yeah, he's he's still young. 
he is playing at a high level, and I think there is still a little bit more ceiling to, to his game. So it would make sense to want that guy on your team. However, the Flames already have some big contracts, and as we have discussed, they are having to work really, really hard to pass St. Louis, Edmonton, and Arizona to catch Seattle for the last playoff spot, just for the, the, the right and the honor to get their heads beat in by the Winnipeg Jets for four games. Um, that's not... That's not how you build a team. And so I can understand both sides of this one. Yes, having Noah Hannafin on your hockey team makes you a better hockey team and gives you a chance to win. Um, at the same time, it doesn't move the needle for this team or help them get any better right now. So uh, to me, the, the Hannafin extension stuff, if it happens, I can totally see why, but it's not, it's not the direction I think this franchise should go. And it's not the direction I, I think a lot of people want this team to go. Right. Now, a couple ones here in the chat. One non-Calgary um, Flames one, uh, Strickland or Duplessis. Uh, I think Duplessis, uh, I think DDP just has a, a few more tools in the toolbox to, to get the job done uh, against Strickland. I think Strickland fought the fight of his life against Adesanya, but I, I, I'm i going to have to see it more than once to, to trust that he could do that against someone the level of DDP. Uh, Peter, you have any thoughts on the rest of the NHL schedule today? Uh, Canucks Devils is going to be a whole lot of fun. New Jersey, hopefully they get lit up and uh, wildly overpay for Jacob Markstrom in a trade going forward. Uh, but all the Hugheses facing off is going to be a blast. Man, look at the Panthers. Three goals on five shots against the Avs. They're up 3 nothing. Pretty good slate of games tonight. Uh, Rangers, Habs. I, I think Montreal might be kind of uh, clock-striking midnight there. Um, so I, I think the Rangers do it. And... Oh, man. Man, I feel bad for uh, the, the Sens tonight. I, I think they're running into a bit of a buzzsaw against Edmonton. So it could be a long night for the uh, the, the game over Edmonton or game over Ottawa folks as they do a crossover episode or a head-to-head, -head, sorry, with the uh, with Edmonton tonight once that game is all wrapped up. Uh, but yeah, a few really fun games on the, the NHL schedule tonight. But that is going to do it for breaking down what was clearly the most important game on the schedule tonight with the Flames taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. One more time, like the video, subscribe to the channel, get us up to 100,000. If you missed any of this, uh, the video lives on YouTube for forever. You can come back and check it out as many times as you want. Or it's up in podcast form. We get these things up um, basically as quickly as possible once the games are done. Uh, so check us out in podcast form wherever you get podcasts podcast, just search for Game Over NHL. My name is Peter Klein. You can find me on uh, social media. I am at Primetime Klein. Uh, no, I did not forget the Leafs matchup. They're playing the Sharks tonight. I think we know how that game's going to go. I think that's one of those games where the Leafs are favored by two and a half instead of the traditional one and a half. Uh, so that's definitely... Uh, going to be a whole lot of fun when San Jose wins tonight 4-2. But uh, yes, that is going to do it for the show. You guys have been an absolute blast to chat with. Why not do it again tomorrow? I'm back here as the Flames take on the Chicago Blackhawks. It is a 1 o'clock mountain start for that game. So I will talk to you all after that one. And we can vent our frustration about the Flames losing to an ECHL team. Have a great night, everybody.